0: So, yeah, we were talking about um, if you were president of the world, right, and you had the world asking you for some practices that they could adopt to improve world health. So you're the president of the world and you've got a world coming to you who are fully behind anything that you're going to suggest to improve the health of the world. And it only has to be a little thing a little habit or a little thing that people can do, but the world is at your at your fingertips. What would you do as president of the world to improve people's health? I sometimes like to think about that.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: Very topical with uh, the new world order coming. So Klaus Schwab has come to you yeah. and he said, what are you going <laughs> yeah, to do? Yeah, well, you're, you're
0: going to own nothing and you're going to be yeah. so happy. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. You won't have uh you won't have a car, you'll just have a car, you'll ring up one and it'll come out the front of your house and it'll you'll jump in it and it will drive you automatically uh, via GPS to where you're going.
2: That's a scary thought too, isn't it?
0: I kind of enjoy a
3: drive. Yeah, I like but driving. The control of being in yeah. the car and Yeah.
0: How yeah. are you on gonna go pitch? like going bush, going four wheel driving? You can't just order a car and then say, oh, I wanna fix this spot for the sand dunes up north or a beach a beach run.
2: Speaking of beach, one of mine would be sun
1: exposure.
0: Oh yeah, well yeah, you go, James. Give us how about each of us, and, and good to see you again, fellas, and and Mickey Max back. How are you, mate?
1: Doing well, guys. Good to be back.
0: Good to have you. Well, why don't you kick us off, James? Let's let's think of two things each that, as president of the world, you would offer the the world, the people of the world, to improve their health. Mm. Go for it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I guess so. So one of mine would be. Uh, sun exposure, I guess one of the primary benefits of connecting with nature and, and getting out in the outdoors. And if we link it to our ancestral man concept, the modern ancestral man anyway, ancestral man would have been out in the elements most of the time, getting sun exposure, getting vitamin D on your skin. So I think that's one of the missing elements of. Modern life, the modern lifestyle is that we don't get outside anymore. You think about we go to work, we sit at our desk for eight, nine hours. We come yeah. home, we make dinner, we go to bed. People barely see the sun anymore. Yeah. I think the the benefits of vitamin D are huge. Um, there was a two thousand and nine study uh, in the archives of Internal Medicine. You can look it up if you want Ooh. to, but two thousand and nine. So going back a long. It's a long time now, really. Um, That study said, this is an American study, 77% of Americans don't get adequate vitamin D. Mm. So they're not getting out in the sun. And I'm not advocating going out and getting a sunburn. However, vitamin D is vital for a lot of cell growth, repair, yeah. Immunity. All that. Yeah. And I guess
0: when you say, mate, um, in the US, like particularly those Northern Hemisphere countries that are higher, you know, like Europe and, and that sort of thing, that get less sun than us, we're, we're pretty fortunate here in Australia. We have a lot of sun. But Absolutely. I guess that's why the vitamin D supplementation is a big thing in those countries.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's important for mental health too, isn't it? Like they get that seasonal affective disorder up in those yeah. um, countries that are in the, the higher latitudes, is it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, imagine exactly. their winters where yeah. they get oh, like only a couple wow. of hours of sunlight a day.
3: Yeah. That'd be crazy. Yeah. And the sun they are getting is so weak because yeah. of the angle of the sun with where they're living. Yeah. They're not getting strong ultraviolet light, which is the, the UV that stimulates the, the vitamin D, isn't it?
2: Yes. Yep.
1: Yeah. I guess if we put it... Do you think, Jonesy, that people are, um, even in Australia though, that um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of promotion about sun safety and and the the impacts in terms of skin cancer and things like that. Do you think that's impacted also people within Australia uh, to stay out of the sun?
2: Definitely. There's definitely a fear factor of the sun. And, I mean, I get that. We have a fairly large hole in the ozone layer above us which causes extremes in... UV rays. However, there is safe ways that you can go about exposing yourself to the sun and getting good sun exposure. If we want to put it in a a modern context context for the ancestral man, there's a really great app. It's called D-Minder. Look it up. D-Minder? D-Minder. Capital D-M-I-N-D-E-R. And what that does, it takes into consideration, you know, you put in a few inputs um, because there's many, there's many varieties or variables for people manufacturing vitamin D. You know, skin pigment, time of day, time of the year, latitude. You know, reflection from the earth. Uh, you know, if it's coming off snow or if you're on a boat, um, pollution, mm. hole in the ozone layer, etc.
0: Mm.
2: So this app. Tells you, you know, the UV index, which is another good indicator. So, you know, if you're going out in the sun, if the UV index is below three, you're probably not going to be getting any UVB, which helps you manufacture vitamin D. So below that, you know, it's 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 nice to get out in the sun, isn't it? You get those Hmm. feel-good hormones, the endorphins, serotonin release, but under... uh, Three on that index, probably not helping develop vitamin D. Yep. Um, this app tells you when is the ultimate time to go out there. And it also tells you, depending on your melanin or the skin pigment, it's like that natural chemical in your body that protects your skin from excess UV rays. So some people, if they have darker skin, have more melanin, more protected, harder for them to manufacture vitamin D someone with pale skin, red hair, um, they can manufacture ri- vitamin D really well, but they don't need to be out in the sun as much. Mm. It's kind of an evolutionary...
0: So, mate, does this app tell you the best time to go out to yes. to absorb vitamin D? Yep. So mm. it tells you... Based on the information that you've you've put into the app?
2: Yep. Yep. So you kind of give it your skin tone, um, where you live. It tells you, sort of, you pick yeah, up your right. location. It says you can go out in the sun for 20 minutes... Without being burnt. Um, the yeah. other interesting fact about vitamin D is you can't. Uh, if the sun is at is below a forty degree, sorry, forty five degree angle. Because of the angle, you can't. You can still burn in that time, but you can't manufacture the the vitamin D. It's got is to that go right? Th- yeah, it's got to go through the the atmosphere to get to you. Is that right?
3: So it's yeah. travelling through too much atmosphere, and it's mm. essentially losing its energy. Yes. So when it hits you, yep. you're not going to manufacture that.
2: I think it's blocking one of you know. There's UVA, so the so UVB, UVB is, is basically getting now. knocked
3: out, and that's not going to hit your skin. Your skin's yes. not going to trigger yep. the so you got to wait till it gets
2: up. And this app tells you that. So in the middle Ooh. of summer, I never I put some natural zinc on my face if I'm going out for extended periods of time, but in summer I never I just put this app on, and after 20 minutes it beeps and says you need to cover up now. You're so right. I never put sunscreen on my back or shoulders anymore um, I'm using that app to tell me in a modern context the modern ancestral man is out in the sun because yeah. you know there's different it's different to 20,000 years ago but yeah this app is really good I'd recommend yeah, anyone, that's, that's anyone get it yeah, so you've got it. a
3: great fusion there between the very ancestral sort of being in the sun, yeah. And then that very modern uh, use of technology to facilitate it in a safe way,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: The ancestral man might have had a bit more hair on his back than you too to protect his shoulders, you know. From That's the sun. true. Yeah. Or Neanderthal. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. CJ, does that app look at local weather and sort of incorporate cloud cover, or is it not that advanced?
2: Uh, it does, but you need to input that. Oh, okay. So yes. there is a little guide on there that tells you the, the you know, if it's overcast, yeah, you, know, you can put in. Fifty percent cloud cover. Oh yeah, great. Oh yep, cool. You can stay out for a little bit longer. Yes, that overcastness. And and does it work (laughs) for?
3: Does it work for kids? Do you know? Is it? Is there sort of like a kid setting or is there? That's a a
2: good question. I haven't looked into that, but um, I I would assume that they would take less time in the sun than us. Yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Yeah, it sounds like a great app. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd like to really dig, dig deep into this this uh, topic mm. further. Uh, I think it's 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 really helpful. But my my yeah, number one, sun exposure. Well oh, while you're on that yeah, mate before yeah. you go
0: on to your next point, let's just use this as a bit of a like touch the surface of a few topics. Yeah. That we can maybe look at in future podcasts in a bit more detail. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd, like to, I'd like to hear a bit more Yeah, about I mean that.
2: this one's great. I mean vitamin D is huge. We we oh, could talk yeah. about it for yeah. hours. You could talk about the it in the context of COVID. That's right. There was a lot of stuff coming out that if your vitamin D was low, you had worse outcomes like
3: COVID. Like so much worse outcomes. Yes. Yeah, But
2: I, I, you could definitely say that about any illness, I would think. And w- when we do take in that vitamin D, it's stored in our fat cells and released during winter. Mm, a fat-soluble so, vitamin, yeah, yeah, so it's long-lasting. That is, yeah. So, you know, you get a lot during summer. You store it in your fat and it's released well, mm. and evolutionarily and and ancestrally, that's what would have happened, right? We would have got a lot of sun in summer stored in our fat and as we fatten up during the summer, we're eating lots of fruit and berries and meat if we can get it and in the winter, we don't have those things so our body is utilising those fat stores and the vitamin D is released at the same time. So, we don't really have those seasons as much anymore. But, yeah, it... It's, it's an essential hormone, really, vitamin D. Regulates cell growth, prevents illness.
3: Um, Helps prevent cancer. Yeah. We all freak out about going in the sun because we'll get skin cancer. Yes. But the studies show if you're in the lowest quartile of vitamin D versus the highest quartile, the difference in cancer is amazing. So, yes. yep. You know, it's two sides of the coin, isn't it? You only hear about the negative of like you're going to get burnt and you're going to get skin cancer, but yes. you need a certain amount of vitamin D probably through sun or supplementation to to reduce your risk of all cancers.
2: And don't get me wrong that we definitely don't want to burn. No. No, that that's definitely a bad thing. But you know, sun exposure up to the point of or before burning. Hmm. Burning
0: is what they think causes sort of the melanoma. Yeah. We've recommended things like that at mate that can help people, you know, measure it, so. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and and on that, I think I've read that once you start burning, your body stops producing vitamin D from sunlight anyway. Yes. So, yep. so it's there's no reason to burn.
2: No, none at yep. all.
3: Yep. And now that we've got these modern tools, uh, we can we can utilize them to mm. to get all the benefits and none of the none of the downsides. Definitely.
0: Yeah. What else would you do, President?
2: Well, I mean, sun exposure goes with one of the other ones that I think Mike you wanted to talk about the ocean. So maybe we, maybe we can go around and give, uh,
1: yeah.
2: I don't want to hear my voice all the time. Yeah, it's, good idea.
3: Uh, yeah. President Mikey.
1: President Mikey of the New World Health Organization.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah, the, the World Health
0: Order. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the New World Order, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, look, uh, I, I, I think vitamin D, you know, Chanti's probably stolen all of one of our really most important ones there. It, it's huge. Um I think uh, something something that I would, would strongly recommend would be accessing the ocean. I know this is, is something we're all passionate about in our own way as well. A few of you lads like to surf and, and, and bits and pieces and, and I've pretty much spent you know, most of my adult life swimming all year round uh, down at the ocean. So I think getting in the ocean uh, and the benefits um, to the answer, the modern ancestral man and the ancestral man uh, w- would be would be massive. Um, you know, looking at it from from our perspective, um, the the water is great for your skin. You know, it's um, it's high high in uh, minerals like magnesium, potassium. Things like this, which which are really um they aid the body in reducing stress um, and sort of stimulate um, the parasympathetic nervous system, which sort of take us out of that fight or flight, out of that stress mode, uh, and really help people help people to relax. Um, I know for me, uh, when I am feeling really really stressed, one of my absolute go tos has been just to get in the salt water. And there's something really, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it, it, there's something really beyond physical for me ab- about the ocean. It, it's, a, it's, it's a spiritual, it's emotional, it, it just takes the charge out of any stress energy I've got. It relaxes me um, and, and it just makes me feel great. And I think you guys have had similar experiences being out there surfing and things like that, haven't you?
0: Mate, I can totally understand what you're saying. Excuse me. Um, And it is hard to put your finger on that effect of the ocean. I know when I'm I'm feeling a little bit stressed out, I will just go in no matter how cold the weather is and just uh, submerge myself into the water. And I always try to – uh, look, I, I sink below the surface and I look up to the sky and I just drop to the to the sand. Yeah. And I just like to just sit there for a little bit as long as I can hold my breath for and just mm. feel the energy of the water and just feel all the shit going on in my head just seem to dissipate. And yeah. when you're probably finished with your point, that'll probably lead me on to my next point um, because I do find the ocean and, and I love going surfing as well. And, and just as soon as you... You paddle out there uh, to your spot where you want to sit for a wave, and you just you sit on your board and you're just floating with the ocean, and you're looking out on the horizon. You just feel, I guess that's just the beauty of and the, and the addictive nature of surfing. You just feel back with nature. And I'm a soul
2: man out there, Rooster. Yeah, yeah. and I and catch I reckon minimal waves and. <coughs> you know, interact with
0: the ocean? Well, I reckon it's be... I reckon we, our evolution, we, we came from water. Oh, absolutely. Um, we did. And I think there Just is... Just that down. Yeah. Um, if we're looking at, you know, primeval man and where man came from, you know, at one stage life was in the ocean and then it grew legs and lungs or a mixture of both lungs and whatever amphibians had and it became land, land animals. But I still think that that draw to the water... Is still in,
3: inside us. And the ocean is still oh, full all. of life. Mm. You're going into a natural body that's still full of life. Yeah. It's like going into a rainforest, but the, the wet version. It, there's so much life in the ocean. There's more life, I think, in the ocean than everywhere else. It's it, it's a living body that you're submerging yourself into. Yeah. And like Mikey said, it's full of electrolytes. so It's probably carrying electrical charge. It's almost like recharging your battery when you go in the water. Like you're getting some... I feel like you're getting some power from the ocean when you go in there.
2: I read somewhere yeah, it's, that
1: it's,
3: it's,
2: every element on the periodic table is in the ocean, and that's crazy. the only place in the world that it is. Wow. Mm.
3: That's cool. It's like yeah, uh, recharging true. all your trace minerals or something yeah. almost, isn't it? Yeah. I used to do it as a young fellow as a cure for a hangover.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not for swimming,
3: swim in the oh, ocean. Yeah. Oh, It yeah. works. Yeah, definitely. Bloody <laughs> works. You yeah.
0: feel great when you come out of the water after a hangover.
1: It's uh, it's a hundred percent true what you're saying, Matty, because it it's heavy, the ocean and the salt water is heavily charged in positive ions. Mm. So it's it, it, it's scientifically exactly what you're saying. What I found interesting what I do find interesting also is that if we look at this, getting back to what we're all about, which is ancestor, modern ancestral man. If we look back at the ancestral man, there was no, no pharmaceuticals. To assist uh, the ancestral man in reducing inflammation or or any of these things, and the ocean would have been used, and and still is used um, as a way of doing things like that. You know, getting getting in the ocean, all of the minerals and
3: also the the temperature are used as another
1: one too.
2: The pressure of the water. Yeah,
3: yeah. So pressing down on your body, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's like a it's like a compression, Mm. like wearing compression tights after doing. Exercise. Yeah.
0: You know? And to cater to people that don't live by the coast, uh, unlike ourselves, like we're very lucky to live by the coast. Uh, even people living in central areas, as long as there's a water body there, like a, a saltwater lake or something like that, that's, that's just as good. Mm-hmm. You know, just immersing yourself in the weightlessness of water is, is oh, yeah. very therapeutic, yeah. no matter ocean or lake. The earthing yeah.
2: and grounding concept too is huge. Mm. Get the resonance from the earth.
3: Yeah, well, you're gonna walk out into the ocean with your bare feet, aren't you? And your feet are in yeah. contact with the sand, and it's just a whole yeah. It's a spiritual thing almost going into the going into the ocean. Yeah, and another, it's free. Another whole podcast there, that one too. Yeah.
0: Well, if I was Smitty, you just reminded me of something there where you said um, the the energy of the ocean is like a rainforest. You just took me back to a moment where my wife and I, we were traveling in New South Wales and we, I think it was in the Blue Mountains somewhere. I don't know where it was. It was in New South Wales. New South Wales. We were in a, a rainforest and we, we'd, we'd been driving, we parked up and we walked into this rainforest and I'll never forget the feeling. It was like we were, we were the only ones there. But together we we didn't talk. We just sat there and we just felt this. And she we even spoke about it afterwards, and she agreed that she felt it too. That we felt this energy that was so calming and relaxing yet invigorating. Mm. And I swear to I swear it was the the energy of the forest. Now that sounds a bit woo woo, but I'm a big believer of um of trees and plants being givers of energy. Mm. Um, yeah.
2: there's science behind <coughs> that. Forest bathing. Yeah, there's a Japanese word for it. Smithy, you might not.
3: Can't think of it. No, yeah. no. But I know what you're talking about. There is about. science yeah.
2: and and yeah. Mikey was talking about the positive ions there. Yeah. It's something to do with the when the water or the moisture in the atmosphere hits the atoms. No, not atoms. Uh, it it breaks out positive and negative ions. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah. Oh, we we'll never forget this experience. And I now look at trees. Um as givers of energy now, not just these big things that stick up out of the ground. but And I, I now appreciate their age and I'll look at a tree that's been around for a long time. You can tell a tree that's been around a long time and, and just take in the energy. And I don't have to go and hug it or anything. I can just look <laughs> at it and just assume it's energy and it's, and it's age and it's wisdom, you know. I just...
2: It's life force. Awesome. It, yeah, yeah. it was a great
0: thing. And so if I was president, I would, I would try to introduce at least 20 minutes a week of meditation, So my populace would um, at least do 20 minutes of some sort of meditation. And there's different forms of meditation. You've got your mindfulness meditation, your transcendental meditation, your chakra meditation, guided meditation. And I'm probably, you know, for for a meditation professional, I'm probably um, not even touching on the surface here. But even, you know, meditation... Mindful meditation, for example, is just being fully present in your thoughts and just taking some time. But people sort of think that meditation is just you have to sit cross-legged with your hands on your on your lap, sort of thing, and, and do nothing. But meditation is not about doing nothing. It's about being, um, or sort of being, uh, an, an awareness of of your sensory of of your senses, your breathing, your thoughts. Um, you know, sort of any your body position, any sounds going on around you, things like that, and it can just bring you back into to tune in tune with yourself. We get so so um so busy in, in our modern day life that I reckon back in the day with ancestral man, you know, they, they, they would have had times of of silence even in, in in a group, and I guess they would have. You know, we all get together now in meditation classes with other groups of people, and we and you meditate and you. You do different forms of, of meditation, like even popular yoga classes. Yeah, yoga is a form of meditation with, with body movements and breathing and so on. So I reckon that back in the day, ancestral man would have had moments of, of meditation and, and gathering, sharing of wisdom and stuff like that. Um, so just going to some studies, Jonesy, there was a, a 2011 study, a Harvard study, and they found that mindfulness med- uh, meditation actually changed the structure of your brain. And I found this really interesting when I was doing a little bit of research into it. So, it increased the, uh, the cortical thickness of the hippocampus, right. which is responsible for your your learning and your memory. Uh, also, increased the thickness in some areas responsible for emotional regulation and, and self-processing. Mm. But the big one was a decrease in the brain cell volume of your amygdala. And your amygdala is a part of your brain responsible for fear, anxiety, and stress. So regular meditation, and it, meditation doesn't have to go for a long period, it can only be five, ten minutes a day or something like that, it can decrease that size of that part of the brain responsible for fear and anxiety and stress. And that that's probably what most people sort of steer towards meditation is that control of, of those emotions. So the, the study was a good one in that, that third point that I just said about the amygdala. Uh, it shows that not only physical changes occur in your brain through meditation, but also um, personality and 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 subjective changes in your thought processes occur.
3: Uh, so I found that pretty interesting. Um, Do you know what the what was the duration that they had to meditate? within that study, was it people that have done it for sort of like 10 years or? I didn't say, mate. It, no, was, no, yeah. it wasn't a long period though. No, um, I yes. can't
0: specify actually the, the amount of time, but it, it wasn't a long period. wasn't sort of like a 20-year veteran of... Uh, no. No, no, it wasn't. Um, I can find that out for you though. But the whole the whole thing actually reminded me of a time where I went with a, a good friend who was um, suffering insomnia. So he asked me to go to a meditation class with him and I can't remember what, what sort of meditation it was, but... We went together with other people and there was, there was a, a guide, like a, an instructor. And I'll never forget the experience. And I just went along with him just to accompany him because he felt a little bit dorky going to meditation class. And I had this experience after a couple of sessions where, and I can still, still see it, I was sinking, like as if I explained earlier in water, I, I was sinking to the bottom, and, but I was sinking through layers of my own subconscious. And I was looking from as I was thinking, I was looking, thinking, I was looking up at myself, looking back back down at all my thoughts. It's really hard to explain, but I was in a full-on meditative zone. I, I can't explain it, but I'll never forget it. Um, and that was a, a really significant experience for me. And I'm not a, I don't practice meditation as much as I should. I think I really need to uh, as I get older. Um, yeah, you know, a few few issues, emotionally, mentally, sort of come about as you as you sort of hit your fifties and so on. I, I was, do I do need to meditate more, but that was one experience. Yeah, that I can mm. totally vouch for. It was
2: so. Are there any practices you use? I know um, I've read a really good book, and I think Mikey, you might have read it too. It's called The Resilience Project. Uh, yep. Hugh Van Sa- Salenberg. I've butchered that surname, <laughs> but. This fella uh, used to be a school teacher, taught in Nepal, um, Nepal, India, somewhere, and he, and he and now he does a lot of work with schools, footy clubs. I know he worked with Richmond. It's a great book. Yeah, if anyone okay. wants to read it. Well, there's plenty book. of apps
0: around as well. A, a good mate of mine put me onto um, the Smiling Mind. Oh yeah, uh, and that's a really sort of starts off very, very um, short, little, like one minute. Meditation processes, and even after one minute, yeah, you actually feel really good.
2: Yeah, well, I think, uh, Mikey, may correct me, but he may have a practice in that where it's it's thirty seconds. So, and it's really good for kids when you know, young kids they get a bit stroppy. Okay, we're going to do our thirty second mindfulness practice, where you pick three things in the room, and it's not mum or dad; it's an object. It might be a plant drink bottle, TV, and you say the word, have three deep breaths, say the next word, three deep breaths, say the next word, three deep breaths, and in that 30 seconds, hopefully we've calmed. So even little practices like that are good to pick up on, but I'd be interested to know if you're doing, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I I follow that app uh, as best I can. Um, I probably should be more disciplined with it. Yeah. But I remember back in the day as a young bloke reading books like um, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, right. uh, Dan Millman, I think the author of that is, and The Celestine Prophecy, um, oh, yeah. and, uh, and and getting right into those. Yeah. Um, but as the years have gone by, I've sort of neglected looking into those sort of self-help yeah. um, development books. I should get back into it.
3: I feel like the, the two big barriers for meditation are, one, I don't think people can put the time aside because they feel like they need to do it for a long time. mm and two, it's really hard if you're trying to do uh, just one of those meditations, like a mindfulness one where you're just not thinking about anything. Calming your mind, I've, yeah, completely. I've done yeah, those ones before, yeah. and I've done different levels of meditation at different times in my life, but sometimes you're trying to do one where you're just clearing your mind of all thought. It's super hard. Yeah. like It's really hard. You'll sit there, and you're trying to concentrate on don't think about anything, so all of a sudden you're thinking about not thinking Everything. about anything. Like, yeah. It's very hard. So I think like you touched on, there's lots yeah. of different types of meditation, and
2: doesn't need to be long all the time. Doesn't
3: need to be long. No. And you don't necessarily, it could be a guided meditation where you're yeah. visualizing things, or it could be one where you're focusing on your breath. Or So I've got different, another different app,
2: app drop. It's Ooh. called Oak.
3: O A K.
2: Great little app. It's got some mindfulness, some breathing. It's got a sleep, like a guided breath you can do to try and calm your mind before you sleep. So for the modern ancestral man, I know probably having ear earbuds in as you're going to sleep is not ideal, but yeah, that's a great little five minute practice. Even doing something like you were saying, sinking to the bottom of the ocean—how calming is that mm. for yeah. 20, 30 seconds? You know, that's that's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's I, th- the, I think the as well, guys. The uh, you've hit the nail on the head there. That meditation can be can be conducted in so many different ways and and ultimately as i see it and this is a practice i actually commit sort of 10 minutes to a day but i've gone through a thousand different you know types of meditative styles to find something that works for me now um and some days i sit down to conduct my meditation and i just can't i can't find that presence I can't switch off my brain as Maddie was saying. And I think that's where people become frustrated, but it's not about attaching to that. Is it? I I think that on those days, sometimes I might put my runners on and head out for, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. And in the process of, of running, I'll actually reach that point of presence and silence. And I'll be connecting with myself and my breath uh, and, and I'm achieving the exact same thing as I would have if I was sitting down for that 10, 15 minutes trying to just switch off my brain. So, you know, it, it, this can be done in so many different ways, but I, I, I absolutely love this one, and I think that it, it's such an important tool. I think Jonesy and I actually spoke about this five years ago on a run at work, and we were saying, Imagine if we could implement this into schools, uh, into primary schools everywhere, and we taught children to meditate from five years old. Imagine the impact that would have on them in terms of resilience uh, resilience building, stress management. It would just be astronomical.
0: That's phenomenal. And Mickey, as president of the world, what a great initiative to bring in, you know, like having children learn to meditate. Wow. Imagine yeah. the, and resilience. Yeah, the resilience. imagine the, yeah. the next generation you
3: would have created at a young age. We'd have a calm, strong, yeah, less stressed yeah. generation of kids coming up, and how good would that be? Yeah. yeah. And it's free. Meditation's free. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't need to cost you anything. No. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm sure you can get free apps. Is oak free? It's free, yeah. Well, there you go. Smiling mind free. is free. Smiling mind's free. Yeah. I mean, but anyone can just go and sit on a rock and go yeah. and do some breathing, can't they? Yeah. It yeah. doesn't, doesn't cost you a cent. What so about you, Smitty? What that's, are you, what that's what on? I...
1: That's what I love about all these things so far though guys and it's important that we, we make that connection for people is that everything's free so far.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah
2: that's a
0: good point. Ooh, these
2: really are cool. things you can do for
3: yourself at no cost. Yep. Well, the modern ancestral man didn't really have access to money or funds, did he? So no. a lot of what he did was just from nature. Yeah. And every time we get away from nature is where we find ill health, I think. Like we go back to nature, connection with nature, doing as we... Evolved, mm. and that's where we where we find those uh, really good health benefits. Yeah. Answers, yeah. So, if I was president and I wanted to bring in some ancestral habits, I've really gone back to basics here, and I'm a bit passionate about this. But drinking pure, fresh water. Mm. Yeah, right. I feel like we live in a modern society now, and we drink dead. Water with chemicals added to it, mm. full of chlorine, full of fluoride, stagnant, and it's just really not what our ancestral man would have done. Yeah, If we go back thousands, millions of years, he's drinking out of a stream, a pure body of water. It's mineral rich, depending on the area that he's in, with the geology and that sort of thing. And I think now we've really oversimplified water and we're drinking this sort of stagnant, chemical-treated water Which I believe is not good for us. Well, so
2: sorry to interject there, but go ahead. It it goes with your chlorine. So I have a um, water filter in my house. Mm. Uh, It does fluoride, carbon. When I put it in, I tested my drinking water with the strips from my pool. Yeah, and that thing lit up Mm. with chlorine. Wow, that's a great idea. And and it was it was higher than what is recommended you have your pool at. Wow. Oh. And then I tested my filtered water,
0: nothing. Yeah. I want to do that when I get home. Yeah. Yeah. It's so.
2: it's real real interesting. And that's just a self-test at home and it just highlights we are drinking that tap water thinking that it's good for us. Yeah. Yeah. Made so in look. with chemicals and that's not even talking about glyphosate or runoff from pesticides. No. well well some parts of the, the
3: world we're even drinking recycled sewage water Mm. so that's in australia in the continent that we live we're the driest continent in the world and we've got serious concerns with our water supply so australia and or some parts of australia and other parts of the world we're recycling sewage now Mm. and and we're drinking it
0: so imagine the treatment chemicals going into that
3: well imagine yeah exactly right and the processes they have to do to get it drinkable and also all the byproducts of everyone's waste in the sewage so we've got pharmaceutical products We've got plastics. We've got all these yeah. all these nasty things, but
2: endocrine disruptings. So oh, yeah. all of that stuff. So, but isn't it funny that we could drink our toilet water, right? So we're not using the the same water that goes to our toilet to wash away our waste, is the same that comes out of our tap. I'm not. I'm mm. not saying we're going to drink our toilet water.
3: Well, it depends where you live. Like I, so I live in in uh, a semi rural uh, part of Australia, and. We catch all our water off the roof of our house. Mm. We don't treat it at all, and then that's that's what we drink. Yeah. So I actually drink unfiltered rainwater, and I've done that for over ten years. Wow. So we have no, no chlorine, uh, no fluoride, no treatment of any kind, and I haven't had a single problem with it yet. So I think and we've all gotten so obsessed with the need to influence our water with all these chemicals for for, I would say, inverted commas, safety. And definitely there can be some problems with water if it's uh, heavily burdened with bacteria. But we've had our tank water tested. So our water uh, hits the roof of our house, goes through our gutters, which are usually full of leaves, uh, goes down our downpipe and runs into our tank, and it sits there until we choose to to drink it. It comes through a, a pump and it comes back to our house. But we actually sent that water away when we first moved into our area that was rainwater only. Like, we don't actually have scheme water that goes to our house. There's no underground pipe. So we have no option but to use rainwater and we sent it away to the lab and it's better quality in terms of the amount of uh, bacteria, anaerobes, microbes wow. than mineral, tap water is. Wow.
0: Yeah.
3: And then I thought about that and I thought all this chlorine, flu- like we know fluoride is a neurotoxin. Mm. Yep. It's not good for your brain. <laughs> There's an argument that fluoride might be good for your teeth. If That's I was going to choose – <laughs> It is sketchy. It's extremely controversial and I think that there's more evidence coming out all the time that fluoride is actually not beneficial to have in our water supply and I think countries around the world are changing that. But if I was going to choose between having some cavities in my teeth or having an inflamed brain through fluoride exposure, I'm going to choose looking after my brain every time. Yeah, We've got water with chlorine in it. Chlorine is going to uh, affect our microbiome in our gut. So our gut is full of bacteria. Chlorine kills bacteria. So you're going to alter your microbiome by drinking chlorinated water. So CJ, we're we're the same as you. We have um, uh, rainwater, but every now and then if we get a very dry season and we don't physically catch enough rainwater, we go through a situation where we have to buy town water. So it comes in a truck and they pump it into our tank and that's scheme water. And we notice a big difference. The taste is horrible. Mm. Uh, So we filter it. So we bought uh, a filter called a Berkey filter and it has a, a chlorine component and a fluoride component, and we've tested it afterwards, and I think it takes out 99.9% of chlorine and 99.7% of fluoride. So that's what we get by with on the very rare occasion that we need to buy water. But if you look at Ancestral Man back in the day, he was drinking fresh water out of a stream yeah. that was energised water. So there's an argument that water, when it sits for a long time, actually the molecules of water tend to clump together. So <laughs> so we got these two hydrogens and this um, oxygen that are clumping together these molecules because they've got this weak hydrogen bonds, they want to stick together. That's what happens when water stagnates. And then there's an argument that that's not as hydrating from a cellular point of view in your body. So if you look at water that's tumbling down a stream, it's hitting rocks, it's getting pulled apart, you're getting energized water that is single molecule water, which is going to get into smaller parts of your body. It's going to be more hydrating, I just, yeah, think, right. I just think water is something oversimplified, but it's a big topic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you looked into structured water? Or I have, yeah. I think there's something to it. Yeah. I wouldn't hang my hat on it. Yeah. But, yeah, like I say, I think we've oversimplified water. Mm. And I think it's an amazing – not only do we need to be really hydrated for our own health, but I think we need to be selective about – just like we're selective about the food we put into our body, I think we need to be selective about the water that we put in. Mm. It's, it's a massive component yeah. of health.
0: And, and how we uh, obtain the water, you know, that all this bottled water in plastics.
3: Oh, BPA? Yeah, it can't be
0: good for you. Yeah. And no. and, and, the, and people reusing those plastic bottles, you know, they've been rolling around in the car for a while and, and become a certain temperature. Absolutely. And they're just refilling those water bottles. You know, it's, it's, the, to- the toxins from the plastic are leaking into that water.
3: So if I was president... I would encourage an initiative where people would catch a limited amount of water off their roof into a small holding tank and they would drink the rainwater for the water that they consume. Even if it wasn't enough for water that you shower in and water that you bathe in and water that you flush your toilet in, mm. at least you've got this pure water um, that you're actually drinking. That's a great, great idea, Smitty. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people have concerns with, um, well, what if some toxic dust or you get some sediment on your roof... Uh, there's first flush diverters where it diverts the first few hundred litres of water away until your roof gets clean. Your gutters are sort of cleaned out. But, I mean, even showering and bathing in it, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. That sort of yeah, soft, right. Softer. soft yeah. water. Your soap actually lathers up. Yep. It's um, it's nice. Wow. Yeah. 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 So we from, a,
1: a from a science perspective here, Smithy, you know, I think the interesting thing to take into account here is that 60% of the male human body is actually water. Yeah. Sixty percent of what we are comprised of is water, um, and I know from psychology. Last year, we looked into the specifics of the brain. Seventy-five percent of the brain is actually water. Yeah. So, um, um, the main component of our human physiology is water. Yes. And you're dead right. Surely it is of the utmost importance. That we're then putting the most quality water source, quality natural water source, I think is what you're getting at, back into our body.
3: Yeah, massively. Like we even uh, have looked into, you can buy something called a water energizer, which is essentially a little device that your water flows through. And it's got these sort of like little turbine blades that spin around and it energizes that water just before you drink it. So you're getting that that, uh, non-clumped together, non-stagnant water.
1: I, think I just a, was watching a video on that I this
3: morning. Yeah,
1: yeah, positively ionising the water before you actually consume it.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, like like we have a stream at the back of our house, and the water that comes out of the the water from the stream comes out of the ground, and that water's been tested as well, and that's a mineral-rich drinking quality water. And I love to go for a walk up to the back of our block sometimes, go up to that stream when it's running strong, and just take a sip directly out of the stream, and it's the best bloody water you'll ever drink. It's
2: a beautiful spot. It's
3: actually, it's got a tiny bit of salt in it, so it's a tiny bit saline, but still within the range of acceptability for drinking, and it's it's beautiful.
2: Well, we could talk about adding salt to water as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, like all of these topics, you could talk about them for a, a whole podcast. I mean, getting back to the toilet water. Yeah. Just reusing water. In yes. general, yeah, and and if you're looking beyond drinking water and utilizing, you said, with you know the driest continent mm. in the world, flushing our toilet with water that we could drink if we needed to seems silly. You know, we, we should be capturing some yes. of that water, yeah. we can get rainwater from the roof. Um, it would be you know, the whole thing kind of ties into a greater aspect of climate change, well, It's all about living. self-sustainability, isn't it? Sustainability, So we yeah. found,
3: we've recently moved properties, which is why we ran out of water for the first time in several years. But for eight years at our last property, we never had to buy or import any water from anywhere. We caught all our water for our entire property's requirements from the roof of our house.
2: How, how big's your tank?
3: The tank at the last property, which we never ran out, was only 100,000 litres. Right. So, look, it's got a fairly big footprint. It's not a small tank. Mm. But once you've got it in... Uh, we never paid water rates. We never had any... We never took water from anywhere. We just caught the yeah. water that was going to fall off our roof and go down the drain, and That's we great. drank it. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's a topic we could explore in Australia in general for water yeah, conservation, yeah, for, for environmental health, for the health of our population in terms of getting away from these chemicals. Yep. Yeah. I think we feel like we have to put all this stuff in our water, and... I, yeah, I don't think it's the answer. And
0: I've always thought about getting a water tank, mate. I, I'm, I, I live in the suburbs, uh, yeah, and you can get uh, varying sizes. You know, yes. even smaller ones that under can fit eaves, in yeah. under yeah. eaves yeah. and stuff like that. So it's just a, I've just had to, got to commit to that financial investment.
3: Yeah, it, it is an investment, but as the president, you could probably. Give a subsidy. So. Well, I would decree yeah. a, a tax break, or or yeah, even yeah. say that if you're going to build a new house, <laughs> just like we say it has to have a certain level of insulation, it has to have a certain level of protection against fire. I yep. would say you have to have a certain level of ability to catch your own water to drink. Love it.
2: Can they go under? Can they go underground?
3: Yes. There you go. In building a new house,
0: how would you, you retrieve that for? Um, pump you it need a pump, else, wouldn't you? You need a little that?
3: submersible pump that yeah. uh, mm. that pumps it. Yeah. yeah right. Yep. Yeah, like a soak well. It yeah. Goes under the.
2: Pavers or whatever. Yeah.
0: I like it. Yeah. Gee, there's some good ideas coming around out, out yeah, here. Yeah. What do you got, James? What's your other one? We've. Got, how long have we been going for? Half
3: an hour. Uh, Forty-five minutes. Should we take a quick break and then pause there? Sounds good.
2: And we'll come back. All right.